This is First Words with the Reverend Matthew Waite. This is the official podcast of First Lutheran Culver City. It's a podcast that helps us to consider what it means to do the work of God's kingdom. My son has recently gotten to the point where he defies nap time. When he should be lying down peacefully and drifting off to sleep, he rifles through his bookcase and wreaks havoc throughout the room. It's impressive how much destruction he can bring in total darkness. Yet the real destruction isn't what happens in his room, it's what happens the rest of the day as he melts down over the smallest things and becomes an insufferable monster. To really top it off, when he hasn't napped, he even struggles to fall asleep at night because he's gone past tired. But on those glorious days when he does still nap, it's amazing. His affect is far more positive, he's better at playing with his sister, and much better at listening to and following directions. Rest is essential, and not just for my three-year-old son. Rest is essential for us all. Obviously, I'm not only talking about a child's afternoon nap. I'm talking about the need to be able to step back from our labor, the busyness of our lives, and recuperate. Yet even though we may all recognize that rest is essential, it's also something that we so often find impossible to do, especially in our culture. Where most countries require paid time off, America does not, and I have read a number of articles that say Americans regularly don't even use the vacation days they are given. To make it even worse, most of the people I know are still expected to keep an eye on their work email, or they choose to check it anyways, even when they are on vacation or on their day off. I've especially found the voluntary checking of emails while on vacation true of professional church workers. And yet this unending busyness is not the desire that God has for his creatures. In the story of the Exodus, there are two major opposing forces at work, God and Pharaoh. The Israelites are slaves in Egypt and under the oppressive rule of Pharaoh. When they ask to have a weekend off in order to worship their God, Pharaoh not only tells them no, but he ups their brick-making quota and forces them to find supplies to make the bricks. A battle between God and Pharaoh is waged until God ultimately crushes Pharaoh in the Red Sea. God then brings the Israelites to Mount Sinai and gives them the Ten Commandments, or Ten Words. These ten words are a tersimation of what it looks like to live as the people of God, and the third word in this list is all about remembering the Sabbath, all about resting. The words regarding rest are especially important because the Israelites had only known the word of Pharaoh, and as a result, they were most comfortable with the yoke of Pharaoh, a yoke of anxiety, scarcity, and unending work. It was for this reason that God instructed his people to remember the Sabbath day. He requires them to rest. Normally, when we think about this day of rest, we think of it as a thing we do for God's sake. Yet when Jesus speaks about Sabbath, he doesn't say Sabbath is for God, he actually says Sabbath is for the sake of humanity. What does that mean? Well, when we tease out the story of the Exodus, we see that the Sabbath becomes an opportunity for the people of God to remember that they are the people of God and no longer belong to the world of Pharaoh, nor should they reflect the values of Pharaoh, the tyrant who forced them to make more bricks. When they take time to rest and reflect on the grace of God, when they take time to delight in his creation, it strengthens their resolve and ability to love their neighbor. Said another way, if the people of God actually rest, they are more likely to offer that same rest to their neighbors. However, when the people of God don't rest, they start to live like they are under Pharaoh again. That means that they start to think they should be driven not by love, but by a sense of anxiety, scarcity, and a requirement of unending work. We are familiar with the world of Pharaoh. We see it every day. 
We're told that time is money and told to make every minute count. Children are told to fill up their schedules with extracurricular activities so that they have a good resume to get into the best college. We're told to run at a frenetic pace, to answer every notification, to be on call 100% of the time, and to move fast and break things. But these attitudes are the same attitudes of Pharaoh, and so often the technology that we are promised would give us more time becomes another tool of oppression. I thought our cell phones were supposed to bring us together and free us, not make it so that we would be more stressed and anxious than ever. It is because so many people, especially people of power, are trapped in the world of Pharaoh that the least fortunate cannot even afford to take a day off for fear that they could lose health care or even worse, dire consequences. It is into this hectic, hellish nature of this life that God speaks and encourages us to rest. He calls us out of the frenetic rhythm of Pharaoh and asks us to sit and breathe, to rejoice in his creation. He wants us to slow down and connect with one another, for if we have no time, we simply cannot notice or offer care and support to our neighbor. So as we reflect on our society's default mode of operation, we are called first to mindfulness. We need to ask ourselves serious questions about how our calendars are managed and how we fill up our finite time. We need to be intentional with our rest, to find ways to turn off and avoid those notifications on our phone, to even avoid thoughts of work as we are able. More than this, when we are able, we also need to encourage employers to allow and even mandate rest. We do this not simply so that we can have more time off, but because when we have the opportunity to delight in God and to delight in his creation, it strengthens our understanding and resolve to show love toward others. Not only that, if we run at a constant frenetic pace, focused mainly on ourselves, we will find it far more difficult to notice and consequently to respond to the needs of others. If we truly believe that we can stop and take a breath, we are infinitely more likely to think that our neighbors should be afforded that same opportunity. That's it for today's episode of First Words. Be sure to click subscribe so that you don't miss this, the official podcast of First Lutheran Culver City. And now as a special treat for this podcast, I'm going to give you the opportunity to hear my son rebelling against nap time.